Welcome to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Connolly. Thanks so much for joining. I read this story recently, and I love it when headline writers, you know, do a great job. One in five Michigan lawmakers have signed a pact to keep taxpayer subsidized projects secret. I just shook my head when I read this. Well, why would they want to keep taxpayer subsidized project secret. And obviously there's reasons for that, but let's learn a little bit more about that story from Beth LeBlanc. She is the fine writer for the Detroit News working out of their Lansing Bureau. Beth, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Pretty good weather we've been having lately here in mid-Michigan, huh? Yeah, yeah. The sunlight was out. It's still a little bit chilly, but at least the sun's out. I'm going to play naive radio guy here. (laughs) Why in the world would the one in five Michigan lawmakers have signed a pact to keep taxpayer subsidized projects secret? Why in the world would they want to do that, Beth? Well, what we're talking about here is what are called non-disclosure agreements. So it's confidentiality agreements that these lawmakers have signed with the state economic development arm, which is called the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. And they've signed these agreements, they say, because it's the only way to get information on projects that the state is pursuing for Michigan. And they say in order to get information, you know, what type of company or where it's located or what sorts of jobs would be created, that they have to sign these NDAs in part because what the MEDC is telling them is that the businesses are insisting that they sign these because they're worried that information about the business's plans or expansion ideas will get out into the general public. Now, in the story, you mentioned House Speaker Joe Tate of Detroit, Senate Majority Leader Winnie Brinks from Grand Rapids, and the chairs of the House and Senate Appropriations Committee, which dole out money for projects according to documents attained by the Detroit News, are a part of this. What can you tell us about them and other folks who have signed this? With each lawmaker you speak to, you'll kind of get a differing story or differing reasoning as to why they signed it. For those folks in leadership positions, they say it's exactly that. Their role as leaders, they need to be in on some of these negotiations because down the line, as these negotiations are taking place, the lawmakers down the line will need to be the ones appropriating money for, let's say, a Ford development in Marshall or Goshen's development in Big Rapids. So they do have to be in on the planning to a certain extent. Now, others, they've been approached by the MEDC to sign an NDA because there's a potential project in their district. So even if they aren't in a leadership position, if they're in a district where a project could be located, they'll ask them to sign this agreement so that they can get information on it. And still others, they are, you know, kind of tangentially related to the appropriation process. So They'll be asked to sign one. There's a lot of different reasons as to why they did. There are also a lot of different thoughts on where they stand on the issue now. Some are saying they wish they didn't sign it. Some are saying they're still okay with that idea. 
In a, you write in the story, in addition to state lawmakers, the offices of Democratic U.S. Representatives Alyssa Slatkin of Holly and Dan Kildee of Flint Township have signed the agreements, as well as Gretchen Whitmer's office to lobbyist firms and at least three school districts and several local governments hoping to land projects in their areas. State records show. Now, you mentioned they're trying to get these projects in their districts. Are you buying that excuse? I mean, I think legitimately, you know, the reason that they're entering into this is because they do want information on these projects and they feel it would better educate their decision making. I think one of the bigger questions here, though, is, you know, what we're hearing from lawmakers is that some of them who have signed NDAs aren't getting any information anyways. So they're asking, what is the use of me signing this if I don't get any information? Others who do get information are wondering what they do with the information, right? If the purpose of the information is to inform the public and voters about how this money is being spent, they're inhibited by the NDA from sharing some of that information for either a certain period of time or indefinitely if it's proprietary information. Your story also says that at least 163 individuals or entities have signed the non-disclosure agreements. And what I keep wondering is, do we as taxpayers have a right to know this information? You touched on that a little bit, but it seems like there'd be a little bit more pushback with that. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, since the story ran yesterday, there have been some folks who are pretty upset about this reality. And what we hear from the lawmakers and from the MEDC is that, look, at this is common in the business world that you sign NDAs because there's proprietary information at stake. And that's true. But government is not a business. Government is government, and they're supposed to be answerable to the taxpayers, and it's not their money they're spending. It is the taxpayers' money. So I think, yeah, that's a big question of, you know, are there checks in place that require that taxpayers are informed of this? And, you know, one of the things that the MEDC has said repeatedly is that once an announcement is made of a project, for example, once they announce the Ford project in Marshall, it basically lifts most of the limits on the NDA. So then a lawmaker can speak to constituents about the project or about what have you. But a lot of lawmakers are saying, look, at once that announcement comes down the line, we're tied into this pretty seriously. And so it's almost too late to start talking to the community about this project, too late to start debating it in the legislature, because now Ford's reputation is on the line and the state of Michigan is responsible for, you know, ponying up the money for this development. That reminds me of former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi talking about the Affordable Health Care Act. Well, we'll get into it once we pass it. We'll talk a little bit more about this story. It's very interesting, Beth, and I want to get your take on how taxpayers feel about this story and what can they do in regards to finding out more information about this. We'll do that next. We're talking with Beth LeBlanc, the fine reporter for the Detroit News. This is Media Business, and I'm Tony Conley on the Michigan Business Network.
The workplace keeps changing, and successful companies recognize and embrace change through choice, adaptability, and innovation. DBI offers affordable furniture solutions for countless workspace options that will enhance the performance of your people and organization. DBI helps customers reach their workplace goals, from improving worker effectiveness and innovation to brand expression. DBI is your office furniture partner. Learn more at dbiguess.com. This is Media Business. I'm Tony Conley on the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with Beth LeBlanc, the reporter for the Detroit News. And Beth, we're talking about your great story about these non-disclosures signed by many state and national politicians who represent Michigan. And they're signing this NDA about them following up on projects and using taxpayer money. So what have you heard from taxpayers as well as folks who work for entities that look after taxpayers' funding? And what's their reaction been to the story? You know, I think there's been at least some of the immediate reaction we got was a lot of frustration with this process and discomfort with the idea that lawmakers are signing non-disclosure agreements, agreeing to withhold information, even if it's for a limited time from voters about significant amounts of money here. There's been a lot of pushback about that. There have been other people defending the process, saying, well, this is what we need to do to land businesses in Michigan. But, you know, I think what is escalating the frustration with this is the fact that a lot of these projects are going to communities that have serious concerns about the projects being located there, who have recalled local officials because of these projects. And because these local officials have signed NDAs. So there's a tremendous amount of frustration. And I think the story yesterday kind of showed how widespread the use of these NDAs were. And I think that just kind of exacerbated things a little bit. Well, it seems to me that these NDAs are a cop-out. It seems to me if a business really wants to operate or get started in secrecy, maybe they shouldn't be doing this. It seems like this takes the taxpayer opportunity out to ask questions and to help in the approval process with this. And this leads me to you know what we kind of see a little bit more here in the state of Michigan when we're talking government issues because the Democrats control the governor's office, the Senate and the House, and they're pushing across legislation, for example, one which will stop local entities from having any say in wind farms, for example, or in other type deals. It seems like we're kind of heading down this path. What do you think? What do you hear? Yeah, I mean, I think, and I do want to point out that once that announcement is made of the project, there are certain votes that need to take place at the local level, at the state level. And the state agency has said, look, that's where you have the public input. That's where the public input can come. And technically, that is true. But practically, it's a very different situation. There's a tremendous amount of pressure to pass these projects once they're announced. There are certain agreements in place with the state, like tentative agreements. And in some cases, there isn't a time to get acquainted with this idea. You know, in the case of Ford, when they announced their project in Marshall in early February, they did so at the exact same time the Michigan Strategic Fund Board was voting on funding for the project. 
So that just kind of seems a little bit contradictory to the idea that there is due diligence or due process with this. It doesn't seem like there is in some cases. In other cases, you do have delays and time to think about it and time to debate. But whether or not that is, I mean, let me put it this way. I've never seen a local or state government vote down any of these projects after they were announced. Beth, your story also talks about how there's an uptick in use of NDAs. As a matter of fact, the Detroit News made a series of public records requests and information requests from the Michigan Economic Development Corporation regarding the informations of these NDAs. And what were your findings with that? What did you hear back from them? Yeah, I mean, so that's how we we're able to uncover, you know, the number of NDAs that were signed and who they were signed with and get, you know, this bigger picture of how widespread this practice is in state government. I think, though, to get to the point again of what kind of notice there is to the public of this, I think they should understand that, you know, I'm a journalist. I submit FOIAs very regularly. I assess the state budget very regularly. For some of these projects, it's taking us months to a year of analyzing the budget to understand the full scope of funding that is going towards these projects. And this is, you know, people who look at these budgets on a regular basis, trying to figure out this complicated pathway of how funding got to this project. The other thing I'll say is that I submit FOIAs very regularly. It took us 14 months to get the full number of NDAs that have been signed in relation to these projects. So if this is you know, a newspaper that is taking this long because state agencies aren't complying in time to get this information, what is the general public really able to access? I would argue it would be even more complicated for them to access this information. And it seems like, and I know other people have pointed out that that's a shortcoming of this program right now. So you mentioned in the story that other representatives in the state have gotten a note from the MEDC about a prospective project, but they'd have to sign NDAs. And again, I kind of go back and I don't mean to sound naive, but there doesn't seem to be a question or a problem with this is taxpayer money. I can't do this on the sly or behind closed doors. Yeah, you know, so for example, that lawmaker who spoke to us for this story, who said he was contacted by the MEDC to sign this NDA in order to get information about this project in his area, his argument was, look, there is state money that's going to be spent on my community, regardless of if I sign an NDA or not. So why not sign an NDA, get information on it, and then be able to give feedback to the MEDC of this is a good fit, this is a bad fit. And that's what we heard from the House Republican leader as well, that basically by signing an NDA, he can be at the table where these projects are being negotiated. That's a solution to a flawed system, right? Like if they have to sign an NDA to be at a table to negotiate this much money, that goes for the appropriations chairs too. I think there's a big question of why Michigan's appropriations process and budgeting process isn't more open if you have to sign an NDA in order to be part of it. Sure. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about how these NDAs have caused repercussions for some folks who have been recalled from their positions. We'll do that next. We're talking with Beth LeBlanc, who's a reporter for the Detroit News. I'm Tony Conley. This is the Michigan Business Network, and this is also Media Business.
Air has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. And welcome back to Media Business. I'm Tony Conley talking with Beth LeBlanc. And Beth, in the story, you mentioned that these NDAs signed by local officials and their lawmakers can cause some problems, as some people have been recalled for doing this, yet the practice seems to keep moving forward. Talk a little bit about that, if you will. Yeah, so I mean... Where we're seeing the most repercussions, I would argue, is at the local level. And that is not because people are more upset with the locals than they are with the state officials. It's because it's easier to recall a local official. And that's where we're seeing efforts to recall local officials because of NDAs. In Eagle Township in particular, near Lansing, that was where we saw one township supervisor who was recalled for the sole reason that she signed an NDA in relation to the mega site in Eagle Township. And she was actually authorized by the township board to sign it because they wanted information on what kind of company was going to be locating or who they were courting for that Eagle Township site. She signed the NDA. The public found out about it afterwards, and she was recalled on Tuesday of last week for the sole reason that she signed a non-disclosure agreement. So we're seeing that's probably one of the most concrete examples. I mean, I know local lawmakers are hearing from their constituents, too, after signing those, but they don't face the same repercussions that locals do because it's more difficult to recall them at the end of the day. Your story talks about how this could be a catch-22. To me, it seems like if you create a relationship where you would be talking with these businesses and go, look, let's just talk about what you want to do. And as we push forward, then we can go public with it. But it seems like that's not enough for some businesses and entities. Yeah, I know a spokesperson for GM at the time last month, he voiced pretty publicly in a public hearing on this NDA issue and some of the reforms they're proposing for the program, he said, we won't work with you if you don't sign NDAs because we're worried, you know, you'll leak information about what our plans are. And then that would cost us at the end of the day in competition wise. And, you know, I think a lot of this and a few people have noted this, that this is a natural consequence of government trying to work with private business. And, but at this point, it seems like the government is kowtowing to what private business wants repeatedly. And, you know, I don't know who's supposed to win in this push and pull, but if you're going to be trying to give state incentives to people, like this is one of the consequences of it is that you have less transparency in what is going on. So Beth, this NDA story, is this like a new process or has this been going on for years or decades? I would say it's the first time we've paid really close attention to the full use of the NDA process, in part because the MEDC, what is new is that the MEDC over the past couple of years has been giving out more in state tax subsidies than it ever has before. And so because of that, there's been added scrutiny. They've been having to bring in more lawmakers to help with the process. So they've had them signing them. But the MEDC, I would say for years, has been using NDAs in its dealings with private businesses and everything. It's just that the dollar amount is higher now. 
the number of local and elected officials is higher now who have to sign these, and the scrutiny is higher because it is a lot of money that is going from state taxpayers to private businesses. So what's next with this story? I mean, we'll keep watching everything. I don't know that there's an appetite in Lansing to change the system when it comes to NDAs. I know they're talking about some minor changes to this incentive program, but nothing very meaningful. And I don't know that there's any kind of movement in terms of changing the way these non-disclosure agreements are entered. Beth, final question for you. From what you've seen, obviously the Detroit News is all over this. Should I, should we in the media be covering this more? I mean, we'd welcome the company. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, some media have been covering it to a certain extent, but there hasn't been a ton from what I've seen. But I think there's kind of a growing acknowledgement that we are not getting the full story because people have signed non-disclosure agreements. And that's initially how we stumbled upon it, right? A lot of reporters, when this program was being developed, started talking to lawmakers and said, hey, what do you know about this system? And lawmakers started saying, I can't really talk about it because I signed an NDA. And that kind of set off alarm bells for a lot of us because that's not common to run into with elected officials or it wasn't then. And now it seems, you know, like 18% of lawmakers have signed these. So it's been, I think, a bit of a wake up call to see how widespread the use of this is. We've been talking with Beth LeBlanc from the Detroit News. Beth, am I saying your last name correctly? It's actually LeBlanc. No, it's okay. As I was looking at it, I was thinking about Grand Blank, you know, and Blanc and, oh my gosh, my apologies to you. And I promise I'll get that right in the future. Again, Beth LeBlanc is with the Detroit (laughs) News. You can follow her on X at DN, which stands for Detroit News, DN Beth, L-E-B-L-A-N-C at X. Beth, I appreciate you so much. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm Tony Conley. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. We'll see you next time.